Welcome to Project Star Sex, Drugs, and Relationships Laboratory. This is Janae. This is Ashton. This is Leah. And we will be talking about current issues that are affecting millennials because the struggle is definitely real. Created by millennials for millennials. We'll be tuning in every Friday. So stay tuned and keep in touch. Our Instagram is Project Star underscore wellness. Our Facebook is Project Star underscore wellness. And you can also get in touch with us through our website, etpsquad.com. So let us know what you think and hit us up. Hello, welcome to another episode of Sex, Drugs, and Relationship Laboratory. Uh, We are so happy to be coming through your airwaves talking to you guys today. Um, So today's topic, we're going to be talking about protection, right? Everybody says protect yourself, but what does that mean? And can I protect ourselves emotionally, sexually? Like, what does protect yourself actually mean, you know? So um, before we begin, the way our episodes are going to be is we do reason for the season, which we describe our self-care for this current season of life. Then we're going to talk about our topic, and then we're going to go into our prevention powwow, the ultimate prevention tip of the week. Um, So with our reason for the season, I'll let one of you lovely ladies start. What is the reason for the season? What is your current self-care? Well, before we even go into that last episode, it was just me and Leah. And now we have Ashton here. Um, I introduced her through our um, podcast last time, but she wasn't here to introduce herself. So I would like to volunteer her to go first with her reason for the season and introduce herself to let her know what to let you guys know what she does and, you know, what she do here at Project Star. Hey, guys, I'm Ashton. I'm a case manager at Project Star. So I help you with things outside of your therapy sessions, like with job resumes, a professionalism, looking for housing, all that good stuff, along with giving you different types of coping skills that you enjoy and figuring out what works best for you and not just for somebody else or cookie cutter kind of stuff. Um, my reason for the season is because we've got COVID-19 going on right now, so not all my coping skills can happen because a lot of my coping skills can be involved with my friends, uh, but I can't see them right now. So what we do is group chats, videos, um, and then also I still live with my partner, so we have our own little date nights inside. We keep it all romantic and everything, and we spend quality time with each other and with Woo-hoo. our dog. So we have our communication, and it helps take care of our mental health along with making sure our relationship is sturdy and pretty good. Janae? Okay. Well, that's some good stuff, some good tips, some mm-hmm. good reasons for the season and what you do during your covid um being quarantined and Mm -hmm. what I've been doing I know last time I said um I do my exercise and all that other stuff um but I also read so I've been reading and doing a lot of research some things that I have that I want to do in the near future so I've been taking my time out to kind of like redirect myself in a positive way and kind of use my time wisely um on researching the things that I want to do as far as business ventures, doing things of that nature. So outside of exercising, I've been doing a lot of reading and writing. Awesome sauce. Um, For me right now in this season, um, reason for the season, self-care, it's been really simple. Just running in afternoons and reading. Just reading. Um, Right now I'm reading uh, Relationship Goals by uh, Michael Todd. So 
that's interesting. It's an interesting read that's making me think. So we shall see. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys. And I hope you guys are inspired by our reason for the season. Hashtag us at Project Star underscore wellness and let us know your reason for the season. And you might get shouted out on the next episode. <laughs> so um, for today's topic, protect yourself. Um, I We ended up agreeing on this topic because we think everyone says it, but what does it actually mean? So what do you think are some of the misconceptions when people say protect yourself? Well, when it comes to relationships, I think that it just kind of cuts out the other partner because you're just trying to protect yourself from stuff. But some of that problem might just be you're not going to let that partner in emotionally because you're just trying to keep yourself separated from the situation. Um, Most Mm -hmm. people think as far as like on more on a sexual level, um, when you hear protecting yourself so they don't really think outside of you know protecting yourself emotionally protecting yourself um, physically protecting yourself mentally those things are not really thought of when you hear um, what does it mean to protect yourself it's more on a level where on the physicality side is you know are you protecting yourself from STDs are you protecting yourself you know, when it comes down to, you know, sexual transmitted infection. So I think those are, I mean, those all are good things, but there are other things outside of just protecting yourself for, from curable and um, uncurable diseases. Definitely. So um, we have kind of the sexual one, which is like STDs, STIs, um, health. And then you kind of have the emotional one, right? Like how open you are with your vulnerability, how open you are with yourself. So I know each of you ladies have some really good goodies that we want to drop on the listeners today. So um, I'll kind of drop my goodie and every you guys will drop your goodie and we'll just have a goodie bag full of really good protection goodies just for you guys. <laughs> so um, my first goodie bag when it comes to um, protection, protect yourself, I'm going to talk about sexual and I'm going to talk about physical. No, sexual and then emotional, sorry. So the first part with sexual is... I want to read some statistics on STIs, right? So right now, currently, 15% of the U.S. um, American population will realize that one in two will test positive for an STI before 25. So 15%, which Mm. is pretty low, and it might be, I think it's actually a little higher. The other statistic I wanted to give was one in two Americans will test positive for an STI before 27. Mm. One in two, 50%, right? So our thing, Project Star, we work with people under 29, right? I'm 26, you guys are in your 20s. That's a lot. That's a lot. And I think with STDs being so common, I'm not telling you to make them normalize, but I am saying that we should do something in terms of normalizing getting tested it should be like an everyday thing and we shouldn't have that much of a negativity when it comes to people testing positive because all positives have stories right Mm -hmm. i can be testing positive because something had happened to me in childhood that i had no control of over i can be testing positive because i may have trusted a partner's yes or no rather than getting actual evidence right i can be testing positive because when i interacted with that person they were asymptomatic i was asymptomatic nobody knew right Mm -hmm. so positives are confusing and i first want to 
talk about protect yourself means protect your mind and your knowledge and know that positives are confusing. So if you are working with your partner and you're doing everything right, you're getting tested, you're going to the clinic, you're having conversations. Also, I would say be a little empathetic on some positives because they all have different stories, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And I just want to add that um, there's a difference between STDs and STIs. Yes. STDs are sexually transmitted diseases that are treatable but not curable. And STIs are sexual sexual transmitted infections that are cur- curable as well. And um, we just want to make that clear that getting an STD is not the end of the world at all. But um, as Leah stated, I, I want to encourage you all that, you know, get tested regularly, you know, yeah. see some, go to the doctor. Um, I know I said this last episode, don't base your sexual health on the last, per, per, um, don't base your sexual health on what your partner stated yeah. regarding their sexual health. Um, if they're telling you, oh, okay, I'm I'm clean, I'm good, you know, my doctor's report came back, um, negative or whatever so let's just you know we can go ahead and get the do to do but you always just want to make sure that you take time to talk to your partner and be open and be positive um about your you know your sexual health at the end of the day like the best thing you can do is protect yourself which is that's why you get yourself tested um, and you talk about condom usage and past history because even if you are in like you have one partner or multiple partners, you're married or single, the best thing to do is just to make sure that you're okay at the end of the day. And if you do have something that pops up, then you can get it taken care of and talk to a medical professional, which is best for your health. All right. Definitely. I think um, sexually we... To a degree, we've been gone through the sex education, right? You get mm-hmm. tested, um, condom use, dental dams, lube. What else is missing, ladies, when we think about sexual protection? Communication. Yes, communicating ding, 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 ding. is so important. Um, just ding, talking ding, about ding, protecting ding. yourself. And, and the lack of transparency sometimes that can also play a part in protecting yourself. You is definitely it definitely needs to be some type of transparency and honesty when having that conversation of protecting yourself, not just, you know, on a mental level, but on more on a physical level, there needs to be a conversation and some transparency. Um, especially if you do go to the doctor and find out, you know, that you have something you definitely want to be honest with your partner and let them know um, this is this is what's going on. And it can be hard, you know, because you might be embarrassed. You might feel like this is the end of the world. I don't know how I'm going to go to my partner and talk to them. I don't know how my partner is going to perceive me. Um, that's just something that needs to be talked about because um, every year there is an estimated 20 million new STDs infections in the United States, according to the CDC. So that is something you definitely want to be honest about with um, with your partner and be, be, be okay with having that conversation. Protect yourself um, from any possible <laughs> sexual transmitted disease or um, infection that you can get. So, yeah, definitely the transparency and the communication part. Um, 
you know, I, I have a question. How do you even communicate with your partner when it comes to having that discussion about getting tested, about your sexual health, your reproductive system? Like, how do you approach it in a way where you're not accusing your partner into being so promiscuous to the point that you're putting me at risk or I have these risk factors to for for me to be infected with a STI or an STD? I would usually just ask, like, um, when's the last time you got tested? If it's been a few years, then maybe we should go and get tested just to make sure because, again, like some diseases and infections, they're asymptomatic. You don't know that you've got it mm-hmm. until you get tested. Right. So it's like, well, my partner, they never got any issues or anything. It's like, well, I'm not your previous partner. I'm your current partner. And I need to know because I need to know for my health, your health, if we have kids or if anything else happens, we just, it's just good to know to have that information. Right, right. Leia, do you have any? Yes. Um, I love what um, Ashton just said. Everyone should take note of that. I'm not your previous partner. I am your hopefully current partner. That's a big one. Um, a lot of times, first of all, psychologically, I'm going to teach you a little tip. People use guilt to seduce and they use fear to intimidate. I'm going to repeat that one. Right. People use guilt to seduce, mm-hmm. and they use fear to intimidate. Um, the seduction of guilt, we've learned that usually growing up from our families, right? Are you sure you don't want to come to the family barbecue? Are you this? Are you that? A lot of guilting, a lot of like, you're doing a bad thing. You're asking me to get tested. Are you saying that I'm a bad person? No, you're not going to guilt trip me. You know, I, for, this is kind of just my standard and this is what I need, right? right. Um, the first thing I'll say is practice makes perfect. Get with a friend. Um, I'm going to always advocate counseling, but counselors are trained to do that. Role playing, just role playing. I've done that with single clients, clients in a relationship, role playing, mm-hmm. we need to get tested together. Role playing, I want to have a kid. Role playing, I don't want to have a kid. Like those are some serious conversations to be had. I also think that an important part to think about developing the muscles in terms of getting the strength to have this conversation. Um, it's a little bit of a tool. Um, it's called the intimacy ladder. Um, you guys can look this up. Um, It's pretty popular. It's been used in some religious spaces, but as well as some non-religious spaces. Um, You can use it as however you wish. But um, in the intimacy ladder, there's the two legs of the ladder, right? So one leg is intimacy. The other leg is trust, right? And um, you just want to balance the two in your relationships, right? So early on, on the intimacy ladder, your first question should be... um, is the other person safe and do I feel safe? Is the other person safe and do I feel safe, right? So for me, before I could even climb up that ladder, we're gonna have to have a conversation about getting tested. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to have a conversation about, you know, prior sexual history, sexual history right? Okay, and we're wait, gonna wait, also, yeah. just, okay, so yeah. sexual history. Yeah. Are we talking about body counts? And I'm asking that. Yeah. Because I hear a lot of, before you even go further, yeah. I hear a lot of questions. Oh, you know, how many partners did you have in the past? How many partners? Does that really matter, you know, in a relationship? Or does it, or is it the present that really matters? I mean, our sexual health matters, I but think, yes. does how I, many? But does how many people? How many people I have sex with is that going to affect our relationship now? I think it 
depends on the person. I think if you're going to, I'm not trying to be saying, but from a purely scientific perspective, um, you could have a hundred partners and have no STI, have a very STD, have a very clean bill of sexual health. And you could be quote unquote, never had your sexual debut, but have an STI, right? People right. forget you can get STIs through birth. You can right. get STIs through kissing, right? I know plenty of people that haven't had their sexual debut and have an STI from kissing, right? So we need to be really careful with these conversations. Um, I think body counts just a part of our vernacular with millennials. Like right. how many people you've been with? Are you quote unquote the I hate the term, but like hoe or thought or slut or different side things chick. and side, you know, thing and then are you, you know, I, I don't think it's a worth thing because like I said, your number of partners does not relate to your sexual health. But I think it's a good conversation. Right. And it's a good it's a good um expectation point, right? Right. There I don't care what anybody says. There is a difference when you're with a partner that have had 30, 40, 50, and you might have one or two. Like that is a that's a power dynamic. That's something we have to talk about, right? So I think um that's an important part of the ladder. Um I do want to say with this intimacy ladder, this is for anyone but i do want to stress that if you are into casual dating hooking up going out having a one night stand um that is fine too but the biggest thing is just protection right Right. using protection um if possible trying to get tested with the person beforehand i know it sounds crazy people are laughing at right now but protection's number one but with the intimacy ladder it's more so for like relationships so the first part are they safe the second part of the intimacy triangle, the intimacy ladder, is can we be friends? Right? I see you guys giving me blank stares, so I guess friendship's not that important. No, I'm I joking, mean, no, I'm like friends, I'm friends, friend, friendship is important. Yeah, it you is. know, if you're talking about building a relationship, yeah. going back to the casual dating, if you're not really in it for just, yeah. you know, we say, oh, yeah, we want to be friends with benefits, okay, but are we really like on that friendship, friendship level? Yeah. You know, so I think. Um, going back to our last episode where we were talking about situationships and stuff like that, you know, are we, I mean, what are we doing? So we have to define first exactly what we're doing before yeah. we can even get to that relationship ladder yeah. or the, what, what is it called, Leah? Intimacy ladder. The intimacy ladder. We yeah. have to, um, establish first, you know, what yeah. we're doing. So yes, friendship is important. I feel like that's a huge foundation yeah. for you to have a successful relationship. Yeah. I can tell, uh, I can tell a difference between the, my ex and my current partner mm-hmm. is with the ex. I never felt like a relation, like a friendship, but with this one, he's my best friend. So, yeah. and the quality of the relationship is way better because the previous person is an ex for a reason. Right, yeah. So right. that's really big. So I think what I think might be more helpful because of time, I'm going to go up the ladder. And as I'm going up the ladder, you guys think of some things that you're like, yay. And things that you're like, nay, because okay. the ladder, it has a lot of juicy things. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go up real nice and slow. You guys take notes as I go. First ladder. Are they safe? Right. Are they, are the other person safe? Do I feel safe with them, right? So mm-hmm. safe can be emotional and physical, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the time where you're not just like, I've, I'm so into you, you're so into me. But paying attention how they handle when you say no. Paying attention how they deal with anger. Paying attention how protective and how overwhelming that person might be, right? right. The second one, friendship, right? Can we be friends? Are we having fun, right? This one is pretty blurry because if you're attracted to someone, the desire might paint over the fun part. I'm having fun because I'm attracted to you and you're wanting to be in my presence. That's fun to me. But I think that friendship piece comes into like, do we have things in common? Do I like being around your presence? All those different things. The second part is um, 
values, right? Do we share similar values? Now, this one I think is a little harder and a little long-termy, but just think about, do you guys share similar things? Um, the fourth one, do we have needs and boundaries and do we respect them? I think this one is really big. Getting in a relationship, a monogamous relationship, polyamorous relationship as well, different people have different needs, different people have different boundaries. My yes might be Ashton's no. Um, Janae's yes might be my no, right? It doesn't make Janae bad, it doesn't make me bad. We just all have our needs and boundaries and we constantly need to be talking about them, right? right? The number one issue I see as a counselor with needs and boundaries is um, either caring so much about the connection that we avoid the protection of boundaries. Yes. Or caring... Wait, say that again. Say that again. Caring so much about the connection Mm -hmm. that you avoid the protection of boundaries Mm -hmm. or caring so much about the protection because you've been hurt because maybe you grew up in a, you know, a really tough household or really hard times that you never allow any connection to come in your life right, right? so you need a you need a balance you can't have a commitment issue somewhere yeah so we have to have a balance you got a pet fish but he want a pet cat and then <laughs> you don't really have to deal with the pet fish like that because it's just like the fish is in a bowl i don't have to connect with that fish yeah but i got my cat i got my dog over here i can connect with them somewhere so somewhere down the line there's some type of commitment issue that when it come down to being so guarded and being so overprotective of yourself where you don't want anybody to come in I definitely just kind of like that in there. with needs and boundaries so important um the next part do we communicate well hmm. this Word. one i'm reading myself for filth <laughs> but paying attention you know some people just do not communicate well and communication is a seesaw it's too it's mutual it's dodgeball it's it's not dodge, volleyball i have the ball you have the ball i have the ball you have the ball one person isn't overgiving another person isn't undergiving you know Um, Are we going the same way? The C word, commitment, right? And commitment has different strokes for different folks. We have friends with benefits. We have no strings attached. We have relationship. We have arranged marriage. We have many. Open 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 relationships. We have many different kinds. So asking yourself, are we going the same way, right? That's a big one. Mm. Um, Are together, do we represent a stability, right? And this is coming back. Is this person making you better? Do you feel like there's a stability? right the next piece how do we handle conflict so we're getting high on the ladder now we're right. getting, we're, we're swinging on the ladder <laughs> but um how do we handle conflict that right. one's really big right and that comes with communication too being able yep. to effectively communicate yes. um how you're feeling Definitely. what you're feeling going back i mean it's a lot that comes to that particular role on the ladder and it also relates to the next one do they know how to care for me wow. i'm gonna need y'all to write this one down but do you know how to care for yourself yes that <laughs> one's a big one too but this one i'd write that one down do they know how to care for me and vice versa if you know it yourself you can tell it and i think i'm gonna talk about it later but that one's a big one i don't say that one more. um and then the last one and this is not codependency but Okay, we're not going to the last one. No, 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 go to the last one. The last one says forever isn't enough. Like, I'm so, like, our presence, like, you've, we've, we've met all pieces of the ladder. I'm so overjoyed to be with you. Like, forever isn't enough. Like, yay, we're together. Happy, happy, happy. I kind of was like, oh, because it sounds a little codependent to me. No, that sounds like marriage. 
It sounds like marriage. <laughs> I wouldn't say a, a healthy, healthy marriage. marriage. Healthy. Right. I wouldn't say that's a codependency because codependency is very like, yeah. okay, you taking care of me. I need you for this. I need for you. Yeah. Need you for that. Yeah. O- overstepping of the boundaries. Yeah. There's no mutual agreement on what you know what we're doing. So I wouldn't say that's codependency. I think that's more of a marriage goal you know yeah forever this is I marriage mean, I partner yeah, maybe right. never married but it's it's ultimate goal so i'm going to go over them really quickly one more time and i want each of us to share one thing that they feel like they can work on in terms of emotionally protecting ourselves right mm. so safety friendship values needs and boundaries communication are we going the same way conflict <clears throat> and do they know how to care for me? Which one of those do you feel like you can try to work on 2020? One or two? I feel like it's always being worked on because as I get older and as he gets older and everything and conflict happens, the world happens, jobs yeah. happen, there's always something new that could change our relationship dynamic a little bit. And that's something like with communication, just always making sure like, hey, like now I have to work from home and everything or I've lost my job or I'm getting cut in hours. Like that's a strain on the relationship and you have to tweak it on all those levels just to make sure that, you know, the house doesn't burn down. Mm-hmm. You want me to go? Yes. Okay. Um, the two I feel like I could try to work on 2020 is um, do we have needs and boundaries? And... Oh, yeah. Do we have needs and boundaries? And I guess our values one. Um, I think the needs and boundaries one is important for me because I feel like people can get comfortable in relationships. You know what I mean? Like, I know how to scratch your back. You know how to scratch my back. But I think when it comes to needs, just knowing needs have different seasons, right? So in the Mm -hmm. beginning of a relationship, I think we're seeing our needs a lot more than maybe in the middle. Right. So I think just 2020, just emotionally protecting yourself means saying your wants and your needs, even if it means rejection. Mm-hmm. So I write that one down too. So saying your wants and needs, even if it means rejection. I think part of the communication thing is also um, if you're in a brand new relationship and your relationship's young or you're starting to date and everything, seeing how your partner communicates with their family because their way of communication. Yes. How with how they ding, grew ding, up, ding. yeah. How they grew up, that's that's their norm. And so to you, you're like they over talk or an overshare, or they don't share enough. And that's just might be because that's how they grew up. Right, right. Yeah, my partner, <clears throat> their family, they don't really say I love you, but when you see them and interact and how they treat each other, they really do love each other. But they mm-hmm. don't say the words. And in my family, we always say those words. Mm-hmm. So it was it was kind of a culture shock for me. But there wasn't any less love just because they didn't say it. Mm-hmm. That is a huge, a very, very, very. And how very much times do we take that personal? Important, right? Like right. he doesn't say "I love you," so uh, 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 versus doing the work of seeing the family, doing the work of having that right. weird conversation of like, "I know this is weird, but you don't." Say how I they love treat you their friends really and how they talk to their friends, right? And I think that goes back to also. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but knowing our our love languages and mm-hmm. you know that also can help protect us you know Mm -hmm. and be a being able to communicate um exactly how we feel um hey babe this is this is what I'm feeling I I would like for you to say you know I love you because this makes me feel love Mm -hmm. or you know I would like for you just being able to communicate effectively um exactly 
what makes you feel secure and protected um so knowing your no the family dynamics for it everybody is different yeah. so going into a relationship and understanding that one thing we have to do is be understanding and kind of be a little empathetic in a way to where we're not coming off as too aggressive and pushing that person away to where it's just like, oh, okay, you're not telling me you love me. I don't want to be in a relationship with you anymore. You know, it's kind of like, okay, I understand your family dynamics and this is how you grew up. I understand, you know, you didn't get a hug growing up. You you was never told that I love you. You were never told, you know, it's okay, you know, to express emotions and stuff. So I have to respect that. And I think even though that's not on there, I mean, I guess you can say... Um, can we be friends? Our values. Respect plays a lot. You know, if I can respect you as an individual, if you can respect me as an individual, um, that that plays a lot. Um, that plays a lot in this ladder as well. Just being able to respect each other. Um, what am I? Respect, you know, means my yes means yes, and, and my, my no, no means, means no. no. That's like that's, that's just that. so simple. And you know what's so funny? When I tell people that, they're like, "Yeah, that's the that's the golden rule. That's the you know kindergarten rule. Everybody knows that." And I'm like, "Look at your life, or look at look at your last five conversations." I'll do this for me. Look at my last five conversations. In my last five conversations, when somebody told me no, did I criticize? Did I argue? Did I teach? Did I preach? Did I moan? And a nine times out of ten, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? We have a really hard time taking no's. Right. Right? Not so we're okay with yeses. Yeses, you know, or most of us are pretty okay with it. But I, 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 that's my challenge when it comes to respect. Thinking about those pieces. Now, if you're going to argue, complain, or uh, disagree, that's you're perfectly allowed to do that. But when somebody reiterates again that... I get you feel the opposite, but this is my hard no. What do you do? And if it's hard for you, you know, it goes back to we either accept or we reject. Right. You know, and that's hard because it's supposed to be a fun, sexy conversation about protecting yourself. But, you know, do you want to go back to square one? Like, how can we encourage people to be okay with going back to square one? Right. And I got to say, sex is messy, so you might as well have the talks be a little messy, too. (laughs) Right. Yes. Right. Um, So I know the question you asked is what is something I can work on? Definitely those boundaries. I am so... and this is Janae. I am so one of those people that love to give, 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 help, 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 and always be there. And sometimes people take that, you know, for granted. I've done it yeah. in relationships, you know, being mm-hmm. in relationships and always wanting to see the best in that person, help build them up and help. You know, I see that um, the potential in them being this you know great individual and in love, you can't overgive. you cannot over like that's just something that i had and, and eventually guess what i'm doing i'm hurting myself yep. i wind up hurt now i'm in a place of depression now i'm in a place of anxiety when you say yes to someone you say no to you right and i that's one one thing even when it comes to families it's not just necessarily romantic relationships but it can be family members it can be friends people you consider close to you where you don't set those boundaries you know and I had to learn to set boundaries and I'm still learning to this day my husband gets on me Janae you need to set these boundaries you need to definitely you know look out for yourself you know Mm -hmm. and and one thing that self-care is important if you're not taking care of yourself you definitely can't take care of anyone else so that's one of the things that i'm continually working on constantly is just setting boundaries and being okay yes your yes is your yes and your no is your no but be okay 
with your answer. Be okay with sticking to saying no. Is no. A complete sentence. Be okay say, telling them like, hey, you know, this is this is this, and I'm not gonna accept this. I'm not gonna allow this. This is this is not what I accept. So be okay with your no, and mm-hmm. do not let people manipulate you. Make you feel guilty. And make right and make you feel guilty we about with guilt. Yes, make <laughs> you feel guilty about saying no. I cannot say that enough. People will definitely. You have narcissists. We yep. talked about this earlier. People who just, you know, manipulate and play and, you know, play on your feelings and your emotions and people who think that they can just do any and everything and don't have no consequences behind their actions. So you definitely want to make sure that you are disciplining yourself and you are okay with saying no. I don't care what it is. I, can I borrow $20? No. No. <laughs> like, can Period. I get a ride? No. Do yeah. like, you cannot. Can I, can I, do, do, no. Can you babysit? No. <laughs> like, no all 2020 because now you have to protect your space. You have to protect your mental health. You even protecting your finances. That is a huge thing when it comes to relationships, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to family ships, <laughs> like protecting your finances, protecting you. That That is another thing that we don't talk about is protecting our finances. And, you know, just because you're not doing what you're supposed to do with your funds don't necessarily mean I'm not supposed to protect my funds. So protecting your finances um is a huge part in relationships. And I'm going to also say this. That that can happen in, in abusive relationships where people get in abusive relationships and they take advantage of the next person and now they have control over all of their finances. So just protecting yourself, protecting your finances, protecting your health, your mental health, all of those things um are important and just setting those boundaries and being okay with saying no. Definitely. I think um I want to actually name this episode Becoming um, Comfortable With Your No, but... We'll probably put in it, all the big caps in the description. But I think a big piece in what you were saying, too, relates to sexual health, right? Right. So as, you know, a cisgender woman, you're having sex with somebody and they're like, can I just put the tip in? Can I uh, not no. use... Can I... Can I? Oh, I have a condom, but can I not use it? You know what I mean? Right. You start um, paying child support? <laughs> right. Like, things that we do not... Yes. You're... No. You cannot gonna, just put the... There are consequences, no. <laughs> yeah. whether they're good or bad, but there's right. always consequences when it comes to sex. So you just have to know your yeses, your noes, the pros yeah. and cons. How well do you know this person? Would they be there for you if something right, happened? Right. And would you want them to be there if something happened? And I think that also goes back to condom use because I know that's one of the things we were talking about as far as like protecting yourself. Just going to, yes, going to the doctor is huge, but protecting yourself when it comes down to um, having sex, whether it's vaginal, oral, or anal, all of those are sex. You know, oral a- is a- sex. sex, anal is oral sex, sex. Um, vaginal is Kissing. sex. All of that considers to be sex. So when you have a person who says they don't want to put on the condom, no, like you want to protect yourself. Also, I want to um, reiterate that, um, and, and I don't even think we talked about this, but stealthing. Putting on a condom and taking it off while having sex, that's considered rape. Yeah, that's not That is rape. That's a, a huge no-no. That is something that we do not, that that's, is not acceptable. We did not consent to it. We did not consent to taking off the condom while having sex. That is rape. Go, if a woman is drunk and you're having sex and she didn't consent to having sex... That is rape. So, the condom usage, 
if a person says that they want to use a condom and you take off the condom, it's consequences behind that. And a lot of it this can be legal. This podcast is so educational. Y'all should just make this podcast a date. Play this podcast. <laughs> right. Notes, eat spaghetti like Lady in the Tramp and have a kiss at the end. This sounds like a really good date night because right. we're just talking all the good, the bad, then the ugly. And this can go on but, for hours. Yeah, but it's so important. And we are kind of getting up to the the minute mark, but we'll do a little bit longer. But um, it's important pieces. And I do know we have our prevention powwow. Um, but before we go to that, I just really, what Janae was saying about becoming comfortable with your no. Um, one quick tip in terms of somebody's with their partner. You love them. They love you. All is well. Something dreadful has happened where you do not feel uncomfortable. You do not feel comfortable. You do not feel safe. But if I say no and this person disagrees, I'm going to be single again. Right? Right. What could be one thing I can know to encourage me to stand in my no? To be able to walk away from a relationship to stand in my no? Well, at the end of the day, I'm going to be living with myself the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I got to be able to be like hey i did this for me whether that means i'm single or not because being single is not the end of the world there's a lot of people who love being single and just going on dates or having flings or not even having sex at all or anything like that they're completely perfectly happy and like nothing's going on for them that's gonna hurt them they're living their life so i would rather do that than be in a relationship where i just feel like crap because i did not protect myself right and just remember your self-worth know that you know that you are perfect in your own way, even if you're not perfect to that person that you're with. Just having that confidence in yourself. You know, last week we were talking about, you know, affirmation and, you know, just encouraging yourself that, hey, I'm better than you dogging me out. I'm better than you're cheating. Um, I'm better than you talking about me or talking to me any kind of way. I'm, I'm better than that. So just knowing your self-worth and knowing that, you are perfect in your own special way that you don't have to put up with just anything. You don't have to put up with just, you know, emotional abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, financial abuse. I mean, all of those things that we don't often um, talk about and we often overlook. So just knowing you are better than what has been given to you mm. um can definitely help you with being confident in your no that helps a lot knowing your self-worth and just um remembering your past experiences too okay this has happened Child, to me before right <laughs> taking a look back like at your past experiences you know and growing from those things like you definitely don't want to like just overlook okay yeah this has happened but you definitely want to use those as lessons and teaching lessons so when you are in certain situations that you've been in before okay this is not a um and this is not a surprise to me i've been through this situation before okay so now i'm going to move like this or you know i've seen these red flags before so now i'm going to move like this it's like you don't want to overlook those um situations that you've gone through you don't want to overlook those experiences because they will definitely help you with being confident in your know 
And there's a good chance we'll have a podcast about red and green flags and relationships. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. right. Right. I just saw some nice green flags the other day. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I saw it. It was like one of those Instagram posts. I'm like, this is me. Talk about green flags. Um, excellent. Excellent. Um, I love the piece about self-worth. I love the piece about thinking more so in the long term, right? Not right. just being stuck in the now. Um, I think the three quick, and I know I said one, but I just, them talking made me think of more. <laughs> um, the first one is give grace for your grief right? Give grace for your grief, right? For me, I know when I'm going to do something that's really hard emotionally, I'm going to buy some frozen, yo- I don't like ice cream, I'm going to buy some frozen yogurt. Mm. I'm going to play all my favorite, you know, movies. I like, it's almost sad. I kind of like set myself up. Like I, I, I reparent myself. They call it reparenting. But it's like, you know, you're going to be sad and you need a catch. You know what I mean? I call my friends. I let a very small group of close girlfriends no nest. yeah right. exactly nesting. i do i do do that like I if i'm gonna nesting. if something really hard i just feel it or i know it's on the heels you know mm-hmm. i just kind of make that nest you know right. don't i think sometimes we we sucky things happen and we're just like oh my gosh what was the world and it's like we've we've moved through grief before and we have some tools don't forget those tools just don't right? get stuck right. in the grief right let's not get stuck in the move grief. through it Talk to people. Feel go to some counseling's great. You know, just use what you can. The second piece that I wanted to stress was, um, your circumstance does not equal your ability, right? Mm. You being single does not mean you're not attractive. Yeah, does not mean you're not sexy. Does yes. not mean you're not desirable. Does not mean you're not loved. We put relationship, romantic relationships, on a pedestal. Yes, we Our do. Family is awesome. Platonic relationships are. I'm from. I think it's not like friendships have been gold in my life, you know? But I think um, there's so many other, our work relationships with our coworkers, with right, our spiritual right. higher power. Like, we're, there's so many other relationships, but we just put the, the romantic one on the top of the... Relationships with your pets. Relationships with your pets. pets. Yeah. Pets are safe. They have been there for you. Yes, <laughs> right? They, they will, will not let you down. down. They will not, They might let you down if they poop around the house. Yeah. But not, other um, than that, when I'm sat know, and down and my little puppy curls up next to me. I get pet her ears. She calms yeah. me down. That's self-care. I, I'm glad. I'm so glad that you said that because society yeah. puts this idea that you're successful if you're married. You're successful. You know, if you have a baby, you're successful. And that is not while always working. the wild work. Right. You're successful if you're in a in a great relationship. And it's just like, no, success comes in many different forms. Yes. Success is different for everybody. Just because you're married in a relationship doesn't necessarily mean that's what my success is. Yes. Just because you have a child and I don't doesn't necessarily mean that's what my success is. And I kind of want to like pinpoint that because it's been in social media about Meek Mill and having his son congratulations meek and he just recently had a baby and then he were kind of like trying to compare the chick to Nicki minaj and her her not, her not having Don't a child that like that's not right yeah let's not compare people and let's not put people on pedestals and what they do that is not a form of success no. it is that's great congratulations everybody has their own, own timeline, timeline of the is a thief of joy yeah. yes it definitely is so let's not look at successful you know as yeah. being in relationships you know successful can be a definition for on on many different levels you know whether you have a business you can the have grass isn't always green on the other side at your friends you're looking at family members you're like oh my god da, da, da. and then you realize 
oh, she did this. Oh, he did that. The grass is not always greener, yep, right? Yep. Like, just remembering that. Remembering you have your own timeline. Other people have their own timeline. And the last piece I want to talk about was just pleasure. I think we talk about sex ed and we talk about protection and we're always like, no, no, no. Here's all the pictures of gonorrhea. Here's all the pictures of herpes. Protect yourself. Here's a condom. If sex, Here's, you will die. You will die. Like, mean girls. But we don't talk about pleasure, right? Right. So, with that can be many forms of pleasure. There's people that believe in self-pleasure. There's people that believe in reading for pleasure. There's people that believe in erotica. There's people that believe in um, sleeping for pleasure. Like, don't talk to me. I'm locking my door. I'm going to be sleeping for 10 hours. Like, there's there's so many forms of pleasure and so many forms of of feeling good outside of using someone or being with someone. And um, there's so many safe ways to try your best to go about it and ways to mitigate and lower the risk. We'll talk, so. definitely talk about, like, you know, intimacy and how that looks right. for everybody. Yeah, intimacy looks so different. Like- but um, I think that was absolutely awesome. We are at the quick end minute mark. Um, but before we go, what is our last prevention powwow? What's one preventative sex, drug, or relationship tip that we can give about protection? I would always just say make sure that you're communicating your needs. Like that's how you're going to prevent future pains or at least it's like where did it go wrong? Well, you communicated your needs. Um and if that other person was lying to you, then that's on them, but it's not on you. So you can at least rest assured like I was being honest in the relationship. There was nothing wrong with that. Um for me um the relationship part, I just want to um kind of just reiterate, be honest about exactly what you want. Um don't don't string people along. Um, mm-hmm. because that can definitely, um, interfere with their mental health and their, um, their mental being, especially if you have those who are putting in time and expecting to go somewhere, you know, from the get go, just be honest, be straightforward about exactly what it is that you want. Cause not only are you protecting that person, but you're protecting yourself too, because you don't know if the other individual can be a little, um, you know, I don't know. You know, I read this article earlier about a football player, NFL football player, and his wife found out that caught him cheating, you know, and it was, it was about to go left real quick. So you definitely want to let that person know exactly where you guys stand at. If you don't want to be in a relationship, say you don't want to be in a relationship. If you just want to be friends, say those exact words. You have to be honest, um, to protect not just yourself, but protect the other person as well. Um, and from unnecessary heartbreak, unnecessary, um, lies and that can definitely come up you know just protect protect each other um especially if you say you care about that person and if you don't care about them let them go you know let them know i don't want to be with you and you know that's that's definitely that's what i want to say as far as like relationship wise be honest be transparent um and then be transparent about your sexual health definitely that's all I, i have to say on that I think the last preventative tip that wasn't said by these awesome ladies, um, I think just understanding that there's so many forms of pleasure um, besides sex, besides even kissing, and there's so many ways to get to know people, and I think understanding that love is a risk in itself. I think sometimes, especially in the heteronormative context with women we put so much pressure on women like protect your heart guard your heart don't get hurt don't, don't get hurt don't get hurt don't get hurt don't get hurt don't don't date too many men, men. don't right. you know what i mean and it's like 
there is so like love is a risk just it, it just is what it is you're lucky if you come out on the other side swinging dancing with somebody else but Swing for what it's silly <laughs> for what it's worth you're just it's vulnerability it's yeah. hard you know and i just want to put a reminder out there that you know there's hugging there's holding hands there's going to movies there's going writing for walks letters. to get writing letters writing letters, writing letters yes. is a lost yes. art i need a yes. letter I, I love writing i need a letter i, I used to write I to my husband somebody's listening i need a letter Yes, a letter is definitely yes. a good way to express yourself yes. and just be meaningful. I think that's very, very intimate and very special I because you're like that. you're really yeah because you'll do that like really pouring out that's your so your feelings and, and me as oh a couple tip too I have yes. is um oh, this would be good for you because this is actually a marriage tip but you get a book with your partner mm-hmm. and you or partners polyamorous and <laughs> you end up um writing down uh love letters affirmations needs and it's personal like you probably keep this book in the bedroom or whatever right. and y'all just rest, keep a time to write in it so like maybe every friday friday's your writing day saturday's his writing day and then sunday you read it and it's really beautiful because you write your fantasies in there you write i really liked when you clean my car you write right. just really sweet things you know so and it could be needs it could be needs too it well, could be a, like maybe it's product. easier to write it there's yeah actually a product um it's called lovebook.com where you can make your own little story about yes. you and your partner um you can also do one for you and your parents yeah uh, but i did one for my partner and it's all about our intimacy and everything and like things that i love to do with him or appreciate yeah and so it's a permanent thing that's on our bookshelf now and the last page is like if you if we ever get into a fight remember how much i love you read this book yeah that is so so that's good. sweet that's and i think idea. um i really like that book idea i think that's something i'll be interested in doing yeah. um, later build on yeah so. i love your idea especially yeah. coming especially because i love to write yeah i have and i haven't written a poem yeah so but because i love to write yeah that is something and it's it's um, mutual I like i think sometimes you're like journal journal it's like it's great but i'm talking to I myself i like to write two people instead of yeah just having it sit there if i have my partner be able and to that's a, a, nice. but writing b- before we go on, mm-hmm. writing is another form of communication yeah so if you're finding yourself having a hard time not texting without the te- like this is writing without emojis yeah um if you're finding a hard time to express yourself um and i know a lot of guys have a hard time expressing themselves you know um verbally but just writing down on a piece of paper and giving it to your partner hey this is how i feel very can go helpful a long way versus you not saying anything at all vice versa women whoever like being able to express yourself yeah. and and you have the time for them to actually read it and it's quiet and then it can take in how you feel can definitely be helpful. So writing is a form of communication. Um and you know, let's not do the whole texting ten paragraphs, but just try to write something and say, Hey, you know, I want you to read this. You know, I wrote this and this mm-hmm. is how I've been feeling. Mm-hmm. This is the best way that I can express myself to you at this time. So let me just give you this and I want you to read it and then you can come back to me and tell me what you think and then we can have a conversation about it. Yep. So we are going to end off the podcast today with those awesome prevention tips. Thank you so much for listening. Please like and share with a friend and tag us at Project Star. And that's it. See you guys next week.